Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hope you're having a great day. Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities in the world, Los Vegas. Oh, what a great next week. Great week to be in Vegas. Great week because you got championship week. You got all the games. You can go see games and bet on games. Um, this show is brought to you by Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Las Vegas. Make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Uh, you, you heard this from Dan Beyer. It was reported by Ian Rappaport that uh, Dallas will try to trade Amari Cooper but we'll release the veteran wide receiver if no deal is reached. And so what, what happens is I think there's a lot of discussions that people have had about Amari Cooper, what's his value, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just going to simply point out that this continues to look like one of the greatest trades ever made by John Gruden, Right. And and what happens for people is they'll they get caught up in, well, who did the Raiders pick with uh, the draft pick that was from the Amari Cooper trade? The problem is it's not just the draft pick; it's all the money they saved by not giving him a new deal, which they knew he wanted. Here's a dude who got forty million dollars in guaranteed money for two seasons after his rookie deal was up and because there's a six million dollar dead cap money if you cut him now it essentially is a two-year deal a two-year deal he got 40 million dollars up front all guaranteed at signing that money has gone away now he's just a guy with a six million dollar yearly bonus okay next year's four following year it's two and so you bite the bullet with the cap going up and you get rid of him and you may ask yourself, well, wait, if it's only $6 million of dead cap money, why wouldn't you hold on to it? Like, no, that's not actually how it works. It's his his cap hit, if you keep him, is $22 million. Right? His base salary is $20 million. So they pay 6 to get out of paying 20 right? And they pay 6 and it gets them out of, you know, it saves them essentially $16 million on the cap. That's how the math actually works. And, you know, all of this is within how your contract is written. And, so, and you know, you look at his contract, and what people will say about the NFL is, well, these NFL owners, they, like, no, you wanted a contract that said $100 million. So, it, it Again, it's written as a $100 million deal. The reality is it was $40 million paid up front for two seasons, which is good money. Good money. You know, in his career, 
He's made $60 million total. And he'll have a new contract with a new team, which will be at a substantially discounted rate, but because it'll be a new contract, he'll get that money up front. Get that money up front. Byer, where is, uh, by the way, Dan Byer has a really good podcast. I know they just recorded the last of the season, but it's called I Want Your Flex. When you get ready for yeah. uh, for for football season, it's a must download. Um, how productive is Amari Cooper seen as, as a fantasy player? Um, uh, very, very hit and miss. You are uh, frustrated more than you are probably giddy about his uh, his performances. Right, which kind of mirrors his actual performances, right? Sometimes fantasy doesn't doesn't feel like reality in terms of his fantasy, how fantasy-wise he's up and down. The same can be said for reality. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, the other thing it points to is just how bad, you know, some of those, some of those deals are. I mean, think about this now. I mean, you go back a couple years ago, and that was when Jerry Jones, the three contracts that were signed that offseason, which everybody said you had to do, what were they? What were they? Right. What were the Go ahead, Byron. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were asking me or the. Uh, well, you know. I, I know you know the answer yeah. to it. Well, sign Zeke. Well, no, before what? they signed Zeke. Oh, then linebacker. maybe I should have turned my mic Li- off. No, oh, linebacker. <laughs> Jalen Smith. Right. Yes. It was Jalen Smith. Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott, and all of them, like, the, you know, like, look, I, I think Amari Cooper actually probably somewhat fulfilled his contract, right? But they they cut him the the second they got to the place where the guaranteed money wasn't already paid. They're getting out of that deal. I I think for Zeke, they're so pot committed, and it's far less money at this point in time that you stick with Zeke, and they've already gotten rid of Jalen Smith. And he's already been cut from Green Bay, his the second home that, that, where, where he was. The, the story is those second contracts, which, I mean, look, I mean, that's been the talk of the Kyler Murray thing. I've heard people talk about Lamar Jackson thing. Like, you want those things to be as short as possible if you're a team. And, and players know that, so they try and get as much money up front as possible. The... the Positionally, obviously, it's different if you're a quarterback. There are some, obviously, some offensive linemen. Barring injury can can last longer. There are some positions that last. But by and large, this is kind of the natural progression of the NFL where really your first, you know, four to seven years is when you're most effective. And then you just kind of become a guy unless you're a superstar and you're able to continue at that level. I, I just, this is Dallas kind of cleaning up their books. This is Dallas this is Dallas trying to try to continue to get young, stay young, and stay inexpensive. And, oh, yeah, by the way, for Dallas, a little bit of, of it has to be how much they're playing Dak. You know, this is this is the argument against uh, Aaron Rodgers getting $50 million. Sure, you can pay him $50 million. Sure, he's worth $50 million. Can you put enough talent around him if you're paying him $50 million? Yeah, Jay. I heard Jay Stu try to get down on this thing. I got a question, Doug. Hold on. Yes. Do you think there's more to this than football and and the contract? Um, remember during the the season, we made a, a point of, or they made a point 
of singling Amari out when he was one of the guys that wasn't vaxxed and he had to miss a game. And there were some comments coming internally, and I think Jerry Jones said something about selfishness and and we need team guys. And it was really weird at the time. I'm just wondering if if Amari is maybe a pain in the butt or if maybe even that vaccination thing kind of threw everybody off a little bit. Um, I do think it's at least interesting, at least interesting, that Amari missed a couple of games because of the Vax. Cole Beasley, didn't Cole Beasley miss a big game because of the Vax, not having the Vax, right? Is that is that right, Bayer? Like Cole For missed the Bills? Yeah, yeah, because cause now he's received the right to seek I, a trade. I, I think to Jason's point, and this is, I, I think that the Cowboys felt that they probably didn't get what they wanted in that investment. And so that's what made Jerry Jones mad. And then when Amari Cooper uh, not only has not performed to his contract and then ends up not being vaccinated, it was uh, doubly annoying to Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones's desire to win a Super Bowl now, where he's publicly said he has no idea how long he's going to be on this earth, and so to to want to win a Super Bowl, that was the reason they gave Zeke the contract. I don't think that people thought that it would be a good deal five years down the line or now three years down the line where we are. I don't think anybody thought that. But I do think that they thought at the time that Ezekiel Elliott was a main piece of that Cowboys team and Jerry Jones wanted a Super Bowl yesterday and that he was going to pay these guys. So he ends up always being loyal, always wanting it now and paying these guys and now has to you know, deal with the uh, the repercussions of it. But I think it's just Jerry's itch to get that title. And, and honestly, seeing, you know, over that stretch that we've had over the last six years of seeing the Panthers and then the Falcons and then the Eagles getting to a Super Bowl and then the Rams getting to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's got to, you know, bother Jerry Jones that his team has had this drought of 25 plus 26 years now of being in a Super Bowl. And he said, "Yeah, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to die and not have the team win a Super Bowl. He wants it now." And and I think that that plays into all of this. So then you pay Amari Cooper. Then he doesn't want to be a team player. And you're like, "Dang it! I want to win a Super Bowl now." And now you're now you're a problem. Yeah. No. It's that that whole thing is is fascinating. Yeah. I don't think what what what, what people will ingest when they hear this is you say, "Well, Gottlieb, you know, I mean, you just." It's all about the vaccine. Like, no, it's really not about the vaccine in any sort of way at all, Um, at all. But what it is, is it's a sign to people in on your team. Like, hey, I'm just not about winning. Right. I'm just about myself. And 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 look, your arguments in your own mind can be completely legitimate. You know, your arguments can be like, hey, look, you know, Novak Djokovic and all this research, whatever, like, that's fine. But in order to play in the NFL or in order to get COVID and then recover quicker, you have to have be vaccinated. They, they did everything in their power to make it so that you needed to be vaccinated without mandating that you had to be vaccinated. And whether you agreed with it or disagreed with it, that was the agreement they came to. And if you wanted to play football, it was just very, very, very simple. And you're telling people that. That you're selfish. That's how it's, that's how it's perceived. Again, you don't have to agree with it. That's how it's perceived. And again, it doesn't mean that that's the only reason. Like, look, Amari Cooper also wasn't nearly as productive as he should have been. 
But what happens in front offices, what happens in your office and my office, you know, whatever you have working against you, you want to do the best you can to avoid. Like, uh, give me an example. Like, uh, you know, Ramos, for example. I mean, he's always, always eating around the equipment. I mean, it's just it's embarrassing, <laughs> really, right? It's always eating around the equipment. Now, well, I, I, don't, I, I don't care about eating around the equipment. Well, go ahead. I am eating. That is correct. Not around the board, though. I'm I'm off to the side. But sometimes, like if you call on me and I'm back there eating, right. I have to run to the mic you and then you throw hear. Throw the sandwich down. Right. Run back to That's the microphone. Correct. Wipe off your face. The Thank God we have a mic screen which captures all the food coming off of your face. But, like, look, John does a ton. Okay? He's all – he's do you guys know John's in management? Like, he's in management. He's got to make sure that all – like, there's there's times which they call middle of the night, hey, you got to come fill in because so-and-so's not, and he's in charge, so he's got to figure that thing out. Like, all of that stuff is fascinating, really, really fascinating. But, but all, all that has to happen is John could have been working 15-hour stretch – and then, you know, one of the bosses walks by and he's quickly eating some leftovers that Suzanne made him. And he's just, and he knows I might call on him. So he's sitting next to the microphone. But the second the boss walks by and sees him munching on a, uh, on, you know, like a, a turkey dinner sandwich, you know, wives do that all the time. They put the, the, all the stuff from a turkey dinner onto a sandwich and then say, here, honey, I made you lunch. Anyway, he's like stuffing it in his face as fast as he can, as clean as he can, knowing I may call on him. But if upstairs they're like, John doesn't have it to hold our equipment in any high regard. He just eats and eats and eats around it. Like your goose is cooked. I think that's the kind of thing that happens to Mari Cooper. Like if you're you don't run hard, you disappear in big games, hey, he's kind of selfish. He only runs hard when he thinks he's getting the football. And then you don't get faxed. It only reestablishes you as being a guy who's putting yourself and being selfish above team. Am I making sense? Yep. John Ramos is Amari Cooper. Uh, yes, basically. Which, by the way, John, bring in your playbook uh, because we're going to release you. <laughs> but don't worry. Several reports are you'll be picked up right away. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Uh, there's a report out there that the Arizona Cardinals have received no interest, none, zero, in trading for, um, uh, in trading for Kyler Murray. Zero, no interest. Hmm. How's that land on you? Now, I got a different way of looking at it than everybody else. But, Jay Stu, when you saw this story, what'd you think? Um, let's see. Mike Silver, he wrote this uh, this piece. I guess the the point was that, you know, Kyler Murray has been allow- letting the world know that he's not happy. And then he did that uh, strange message to the team through his agent on Monday. And But the team's just not receiving calls uh, for trade interest. And that was all um, in this report where Michael Silver's like, this is the wrong time to pull a leverage move on the team. Like you do this closer to the season when games are on the line, type of a deal. Um, so he's just kind of questioning Kyler's motives altogether and the strategy. So when you see this, I don't know if other teams are 
even thinking that Kyler's on the trade uh, block. Do you? I mean, that to me, that's that's what this story tells me is that maybe Kyler's doing a lot of whining, but I don't think it's been made. Uh, you know, it hasn't been made public. Obviously, that he's on the trade block. No, I, I, I don't think he's on the trade block. I don't think they want to move on from him. But I also don't think his value is like some all-time high. Honestly, if I was Arizona, I don't know. You got to like look around. But once your pod committed to Cliff and Cliff believes in him and they're tied at the hip, I just think that the Cardinals, that they're really smart. They ride this thing out. And next year, they can use the fact he's got a low cap number to, com- to complete the rebuild of this team. You know? Complete the rebuild of this team. Because whatever you want to say about the Rams and how they went for it or whatever, like, they, it wasn't like they were dusting teams off. Okay? The Rams will be good next year. They'll always be good. Are they going to be great? Everything kind of had to come together just so to make it work. Okay? Everything had to come together. Um, Can I give a Niners- cons- conspiracy theory to this? Uh-huh. Go, to yeah. Silver? Yeah. So, um, Silver worked with what NFL team recently? Washington football team. Yes. Okay, so what team uh, <laughs> reportedly team. reached out to every single NFL team um, to ask about their quarterback? Washington football team. Yes. Even being mocked that they would call the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm wondering if maybe this is the roundabout way, because honestly, Washington definitely could use Kyler Murray. So in a way, so maybe maybe it's in an indirect way of Silver being like, I got your back, Rivera, or in, in Martin Mayhew. You didn't call every team because if you did, you would have called the Arizona Cardinals about Kyler Murray. And honestly, that would have actually have been a pretty smart move. So maybe he's trying to, you know, maybe there's that aspect of it. Hmm. What do you think, Jay Stu? I think there's something to that. And when Dan started saying that there's a conspiratorial aspect to this, you know what's interesting about this story to me is I wonder how far back this goes, if if Kyler has been stewing on this. Because remember your remarks after the loss to the Rams about how he played that game? He never really ran the ball. He didn't look like a guy that was doing a whole lot to uh, to, to get out of the way. I I just wonder – I mean – this is a complete speculation, but does it go back to that game? Did he intentionally play poorly to to show the team something? Like I don't know, but um, yeah, I think conspiracies are abound about Kyler. This is a strange story this week. Hmm. Um, they go ahead. Yeah, they. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is hurt. James Conner was dinged up. Um, Chase Edmonds is hurt. The later part of the season, there was more that fell on Kyler Murray's shoulders. He actually ran more. Later in the year when he was hurt than he did in the beginning of the year when he was healthy, which is just seems like the reverse. But maybe it got to that point. Maybe he's so thin skinned that he's he was just sick of dealing with, you know, the criticism. That's be like, all right, I'll show you. All right. Yeah, John, what do you got? I'm glad there's a separation between reporting and teams. I'm glad that still goes on in the country that we have, <laughs> you know, a unbiased position for our reporting. And our people that cover teams and stuff and and the actual team concept, uh, allegedly, right? I mean, if Dan's point is theorized, conspiracy is, and it is a conspiracy, even the thought pattern that somebody who works in the media is kind of leading teams towards something, right? Is that what you said, that that was a conspiracy, Dan, was 
there there was I the report was that Washington called every NFL team and then then Washington was mocked that they would call Kansas City and ask about Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think that you should be mocked if you're making that. Who knows? I absolutely think you call everybody. Yeah. I totally agree with that philosophy. Correct. Yeah. People are mocking that. They, they don't know the realities. That, like, you do everything you can. And if they say no, they say no. That's okay. You're like, all right, cool. You say no, we move on. But you got to make that call. Yeah. Now, as far as Silver's concerned, I'm mean, like, look, Silver's one of these guys, okay, who he's done it for a long time. And he's a good writer. But he's always been, he's a Cal guy. Everything comes back around to Cal. Right? Everything, and as a Cal guy, he's very, what's the term I'm looking for, Jay Stu? He's, he's super pro player, super anti-establishment. He's, I mean, like, I hate the labeling of people on one side of the aisle, but th- that guy is as openly liberal a journalist as ever be. But and, and the Washington football team was brilliant, right? They needed somebody to write stories about them, you know, positive stories about them. So they hired a guy who's kind of the arch enemy. And then once he collected a check from the now Washington commanders, he didn't say bub kiss about them. Nothing. So I I don't think I don't I don't know if he's carrying the water for Washington football team in this particular instance. It does strike me as weird, though. As you said, Bayer, that they are not shy about it. It's not like they're sitting there going, "Like, no, we're not doing any of that." No, they've said, "Hey, we're we want a quarterback. We're in the market for a quarterback. We'll find one." And Ryan Fitzpatrick's already said, "I'm not coming back," so we know he's not the guy. And now it comes out from Mike Silver of all people that no one's touched base. That strikes me as odd. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I got to send you guys this video. This video is amazing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's a bear. Have you seen this video, guys? Uh, show it to the rest of the crowd, to, to the rest of the crew there, Jay Stu. I sent it to you. I'll send it to Bayer as well. It's a, it's a bear who's, like, pushing up and down on this on this branch. Meanwhile, there's two like Russian dudes. One guy's doing some ab exercise. The other guy has boxing gloves, punching him in the stomach. It's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm so distracted. Let's get to Brandon Whedon who joins us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. Uh, B how much does hand size matter controlling a football in the NFL? Oh, I mean, honestly, I think it depends on where you're playing. I mean, I think if you're playing in some of these Northern States and, the weather's not good in, in the winter, and you got elements as far as rain, snow. I mean, it man it makes it tough. I mean, the, the NFL football is completely different from the college football. It's, it's a little, uh, a little more round through the, through the middle of it. It's not as, not as like a hot dog like the college or yeah, like the college game. So I would say, yeah, I mean, it, it makes a difference. Now, I mean, I, I'm sure you're referring to Kenny Pickett, I and mean, I think, um, you know, the Joe Burrows of the world have kind of proved it. You know, that number on it, you know, I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. It's kind of a talking point. But, um, I mean, I don't have the biggest hands. And, I, heck, I had problems when I was in Cleveland. And the weather's not great. You know, it's raining or snow on the ground. Snow's not quite as bad. But rain, uh, I mean, there's times where it, it becomes a little bit of a challenge. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully he goes to, to L.A. or something like that where he's playing a lot of uh, good weather games. But, no, I mean, I think it's it's something that, teams will talk about and they'll bring it up I'm sure but it's uh, I, he throws the football just fine I, I don't I don't see it be a problem 
Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so um, so l- let's get to let's get to Kyler Murray. Okay, uh, what do you think of what his agent did in putting out that post? Yeah, it was interesting. I I was kind of shocked by it. You know, I think the most concerning things, I, and I don't know Kyler, I've met him once, but is you know some of these unnamed sources, these teammates that are coming out and saying you know how selfish he is and. Um, you know, entitled and, you know, just the, all these negative things for, for him as a quarterback. That's tough, man. I mean, you know, those are things that, you know, you're kind of judged upon in the locker room. I mean, obviously coaches see it, but um, it doesn't sound like from some people within the, the organization that, you know, maybe he was as dialed in, maybe not the, the best leader and kind of was all about him. But, um, you know, that, that by the agent was was interesting. I think the timing was interesting. Um, I, I know it's not kind of a it's not unprecedented to get a contract after your your third year has been done. I, I get that, but um, I just I don't know, man. I mean, he still has two years technically on his contract, right? If, if, if I'm correct there, um, I, I I just I thought the timing of it was was extremely weird, and I didn't I didn't think that um, I didn't think there was a whole lot to gain from him. Obviously. He's disgruntled. Something's going on there. I, I can't can't really wrap my mind around it, um, but it's it seems like it's going to be it seems like it's going to be kind of a knockdown drag out, and hopefully they can they can solve it all. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports. Yeah, but he's only through three years. He wants a contract extension this year. He's still got two years remaining on the rookie deal, and then of course there's the franchise tag. And I do know that some guys have had their deals torn up, and they get those new deals. Uh, but it's about 50-50 in terms of it being a good new deal, right? Like one of them is uh, is uh, is Pat Mahomes. One of them is Jared Goff, right? It can, it can go either way. Do you think this will motivate the, the Cardinals to give him a new deal early? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think for a couple of reasons, I think you they've got a lot of veteran players on there. You know, the J.J. Watts, Chandler Jones, and you got guys that are making good money. You know, if you if you tie your hands behind your back and you pay a guy after his third year all this money that these quarterbacks are making, it kind of kind of ties you up as far as salary cap goes. I'm sure you can structure it where you can still go out in the free agent market and make moves, but I don't see the reason to. I mean, he had a good year. He's a, he's a good player. Um, there's no doubt. But the way I feel about he's still on his rookie deal, he has two years left. I mean, I, I don't see the hurry to to sign him. If I'm the Cardinals now, if I'm Kyler, yeah, I'm probably gonna be asking for money because he's played well at times and and he's. he's Done, done good things, but down the stretch last year, as a team, they didn't play very well. So, um, I, if, if I'm the Cardinals, I mean, I'm going to hold off. I, I really am. I'm going to try to go out in the free agent market, add some pieces. You know, they got AJ uh, AJ Green. You got obviously get Hopkins back. They're going to be good on offense. Um, and maybe add a couple defensive pieces. Make that maybe go after a couple offensive linemen. Spend some money, but I'm I'm not going to spend the money on the quarterback just yet. Now maybe after next year, if he goes out. He balls out, puts together a great year. Then you know what? I, maybe it's time. But um, after this third year, I just I don't see the rush. If I'm the Cardinals, uh, it's a business. It's a nasty business, uh, and um, you know I just I don't I don't see them I don't see them kind of buckling and, and throwing them all the money this year. I just I really don't. All right, we, we've presented a bunch of different ideas in regards to Amari Cooper. Looks like Amari Cooper is either going to be uh, traded or released. Uh, that's because the, the, the meat of that contract, the $40 million up front, that expires, and now they can, they can get out of it like a $6 million cap hit. Um, 
some some people believe it's it, there's more to it than just you know saving money. That it's 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 Jerry and Jerry feeling like he you know this guy wasn't all in getting vaccinated. This guy wasn't all in you know running hard when he wasn't getting the football. You watch every Cowboy game. You played for the Dallas Cowboys. What's the reality to why Amari Cooper likely has worn the Cowboys jersey for the last time? I mean, I mean, you know, you know how Jerry is. I mean, I think first and foremost, I do think it's financial. So I think you know him being a twenty million dollar cap hit with the productivity and it just. And we talked about this during the season last year. I mean, we there was something off between him and Dak. I mean, they they just didn't quite have the rapport that you would expect from a guy of the talent of both of them. They, it, something was just off. I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, you know, maybe it's like you said, taking plays off. You know, maybe not getting enough targets. Maybe uh, not. You know, throwing the ball his way enough. I mean, I I, I, I don't know what it was, but um, you know, I, I think with his what he did on the field, numbers wise, what he did productivity wise, if you have a guy that's got a twenty million dollar cap hit, I mean, he's just kind of a cap casualty. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. So. Um, I think that's first and foremost, but yeah, I, I think he, I think he disgruntled a lot of people within that that organization. I think you know, obviously, with the like you just hit on the um, the vaccination deal, I think was part of it. And um, I don't know, I don't know him at all, but I, it seems like you know there was not a whole. He wasn't he wasn't real happy that he was not getting the targets that maybe he thought he deserved, and and so on and so forth. But uh, I, I do, I think his days are done there, and, and unfortunately, you know, again, part of the business, right? You, Twenty million dollars, and they're going to save fourteen of it. So that's that's a lot of money when you're trying to go out and, and build a roster. No question, no question that that's that's not chump change, and you're trying to you're trying to go out and and rebuild things. Stug Outlip show here on Fox Sports Radio. What what do you think? Um, what, what do you think Aaron Rodgers does? A lot of a lot of buzz out of Green Bay and at the combine that ultimately he's going to come back. What do you think he does? I can't get a beat on him, man. He's he kind of, I don't know. He he kind of does his own thing. I I do think he ends up back in Green Bay. I think they figure it out. Um, you know, I I think they've got a pretty good nucleus of players there if they can keep everybody intact. I think Matt Lafleur does a good job with those guys. Obviously, you know, Baron Rodgers is there. They they're going to be a contender from from day one. But I I just don't see a scenario where he gets out. I mean, obviously. Denver makes sense. They got a pretty young, talented team. Uh, Pittsburgh may make sense. They got a pretty, pretty good nucleus of players. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't see him wearing another uniform other than the Green Bay Packers this year. I, I really don't. I think he's. I, it, there's just not many scenarios where I, you know, I, I think they they've got to do everything they can to bring him back, and and they've got to do everything. Obviously, with Devontae Adams, but he's got to be there as well. So, um, I don't. I, Listen to Aaron talk, and this is just me. Just I met him a handful of times. Been been in the same room, talk. You know, had a couple conversations with him. It doesn't seem like money is the, is the driving factor. I mean, I think there's more to it. I think you know whether it be control, whether that be um, going out in free agency and bringing in other players that he may want. Um, I, I think there's more to it than money. So if that's the case, uh, I don't I don't see a reason why he's not back in Green Bay. Awesome stuff. Brandon, have a great weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye, right, buddy. See you, man. Check out the latest lines on World of Sports, the Betterers Sportsbook. Betterers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wait to hear what Dan Patrick had to say 
about the 40-yard dash. It's next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. We call it... And now... Something like that. Uh, This is Dan Patrick talking about the 40-yard dash. If I go back and look at Cooper Cup at the combine, and he ran, I think, a 4-6-40. Okay. That's probably in the lower third of 40-yard dash times for that combine. 4-6. A little over 4-6. But if I look at the three-cone drill and the shuttle drill, that is a better indicator of how you're going to be off the line of scrimmage. I, I need to know, can you get into your route, get in and out of those cuts? That's what I want. That's how you get yourself open. And Cooper Cup was probably in the upper third of those times. That's what I want to know. There are a lot of guys who have straight-ahead speed. That doesn't mean they can play. Look at some of the fastest guys who have ever played football. Run down the list here, 40-yard dash times. The guys who were up there couldn't play football. Or didn't play football very long. Chris Johnson is in there. Chris Johnson, of course, uh, had the 2,000-yard rushing season. But for the most part, you're looking and going, hmm, that guy didn't. John Ross, remember that? Oh, my God, John Ross, he's so fast. John Ross couldn't play. But this is a big deal because this is made for TV. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, look, do I think the 40 is the end-all, be-all? Of course not. Of course not. And I don't, I don't think anybody truly does. But is it a? does it tell part of your story? Yeah. Yeah. It's your overall top-end speed. And it, it also shows, like, there's a, a little bit of this in the IQ variety and the preparation variety. Th- think about this for a second. If you're going to the combine, you know you're going to get tested in the 40. It's a lot like when you go to the combine, you know you're going to get drug tested. I say this all the time, and people take it in the completely opposite way or wrong way because they don't realize the reality of this business. Drug testing, especially for weed in the NFL, in the offseason, is not really drug testing. It's an IQ test. If you don't test positive for any substances... In your one off-season test, when you know about the window of when that off-season test is going to incur, if you don't test positive, they don't test you for those recreational drugs, you know, non-performance enhancing drugs, the rest of the year. You get a whole year. If you're in the drug program, that's because you're not only an idiot that's taking drugs, you're an idiot that's taking drugs during the time in which you're tested. So this, so the same occurs for the 40-yard dash time, right? Or drug testing the combine. You smoke a joint for the combine. Like, look, it has nothing to do with whether or not you can play in the NFL or not. It just shows that you don't care. You, this is a job. They tell you, hey, look, man, we're just going to test you before the combine. You know it's coming. And you still don't do the right thing. It's the same thing with the 40. It doesn't mean it's the end-all, be-all if you're a little bit slower or a little bit faster. But your lack of preparation for it should be alarming. This is Colin Cowherd talking about potentially the Cowboys releasing Amari Cooper. The Cowboys are going to release Amari Cooper, according to Adam Schefter. 
Don't like it. Don't think it's smart. So now you're left with C.D. Lamb, who had one catch against the Niners in a playoff game and got a bad case of the drops last year. Cedric Wilson, a nice number three. Michael Gallup, if you re-sign him off ACL, you also may lose your top tight end. We know what's happening with the league, right? We're all paying attention. You can have a bad offensive line and get to the Super Bowl. I never believed that was possible. And then the Cincinnati Bengals happened. Cincinnati Bengals had a weak linebacking core, a bad offensive line, and made the Super Bowl. Why? Quarterback, great weapons. Rams already have the number one volume receiver in the entire league in Cooper Cup. They've got Van Jefferson, Robert Woods, excellent number two coming back. And they drafted two receivers last year, one a possession guy from Notre Dame and a young man from Ole Miss who's small and got hurt but explosive. And they're bringing OBJ back. And that's with Sean McVay, who elevates everybody. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, look, I, I don't think it's about anybody else in the league. I think it's about Amari Cooper. He made a ton of money. He's not as good as his contract. And now they get out of it. The end. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest science in the world of sports. Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. Present Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Does this Laker team deserve to be booed? Find out next.